down your unders. Down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Art of War. Down Under. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this episode 105 of the Art of War Down Under podcast. My name is Adam Camilleri. Thank you very much for joining us where we are here to rectify a wrong, which wasn't wrong at the time, but after several layers and series and months of nurse, it now is a genuine wrong. Because for those of you who may not be paying attention who have joined us in the last 20-odd episodes, about episode 84, I reviewed the Eldari Codex, the, the amalgam of Craftworld's Harlequins and Yunari. At the, at the time upon release, Yunari didn't even register as a playable faction. They didn't even touch the sides or make a blip upon the radar of power and goodness that was in that book upon release. Since then, though, I mean, Halo Doom's been kicked in the teeth. All of Eldar's been somewhat kicked in the teeth points-wise. And Harlequin's got... The Void Weavers got, you know, thrown in the bin and then dusted off and played again. And then, for some reason, Light got hurt. The Auras to minus the Wound got hurt. And then Dark got shot in the head out the back of the shed for, like, no reason whatsoever. It wasn't really hurting anybody. It was uh, They were assuming it was preemptively going to hurt somebody down the track around the corner one day in the future. Uh, and now here we are. Yanara is playable. It won a freaking six-round six GT on the weekend. And we're here to give it the proper due and respect that it deserves. I am joined by the scarred one, the man from the Dark City. He's tall, he's dark, he's handsome. His name is Ridvan Martinez. And one of those things I said was a lie, because I don't think he's particularly tall. But the other two, straight up fact. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well, and I do wear stilts every once in a while. But thank you for having me on. I'm looking forward to breaking down the iconic reborn, the Inari. Yeah, the the scourges of 7th edition. That, that's a perfect That's a perfect way. And 8th and edition. I mean, not yeah, just not just seven. Wow. Then too, yeah, or uh, or the the plug and play cat lady, which was in like every competitive list. Yes, um, when you could do that. Yes, I mean, I saw her in in Legend. I saw the cat lady and the Yinkan in freaking like Necron list, in Tyranid list. It was uh, seventh was a wild time. It was a wild, wild time. But from that uh, wild, wild west of um, of gaming, now we're starting to see that Inari has some really cool mechanics that fit well into the current ninth edition Nephilim, you know, with the loss of the CP and the uh, the kind of changing to some of the balance state updates and some of the factions that we're seeing. You know, the NRE seem to be kind of like finding their own, which is quite nice. Yeah, they're really finding an identity and an archetype within the Eldari kind of shell. Uh, they're creating a little bit of a core of, I suppose we'll, we'll unpack it more in part two. We'll talk about the archetype, what makes it go, and etc. We're here to review the, I think it's about five pages of Yunari-specific rules, that being the um, pay, one page that tells you how to construct the detachments, uh, the one page of Psychic Discipline, the Red Discipline, and then the three data sheets specific to Yunari. We're going to review all those on this week's episode and give it its due and proper. And for those of you who do not know, Art of War Down Under is primarily a review podcast. Whenever there is new content for the wonderful game of Warhammer 40k, it will be reviewed on this show by me and an accompanying expert who will write my wrongs as I misread, misinterpret, and whatever, just generally F up upon reading of words and interpreting rules. Um, but to that end, yeah, naturally, I brought Scary on, who is going to tell you a little bit about what he does. Yeah, so I create content. I'm on YouTube. I do videos with Mini Wargaming, 
where I do anything from Age of Sigmar all the way to 30k battle reports and stuff like that, which is really fun. I do run a Patreon, uh, which is like how I pay my bills. Yeah, I'm doing a cool little promo right now. Anybody who signs up in the next month, I'm sending a set of stickers to from anywhere in the world. So if you want to support me on Patreon, I'll send you some cool Scottcast stickers. That's right. Yeah, so I'm doing that, and uh, hopefully see you over there. I've got the Discord that I run and stuff, too. But, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, and ah. um, I'll see you there. Always an honor and a pleasure. I will be seeing you in about half a week's time at the WTC. Oh, I'm uh, so excited yeah, about it. Oh, dude, it's going to be magnificent. We'll talk. There's a couple, actually a question or two about that in part two, one of our lovely patrons and subscribers, which you can also be a part of if you're listening. Ah, oh, see that segue? Uh, just like mm-hmm, Scary, mm-hmm. I've got a Patreon, which enables me to do what I do, continue to put this um, content out week after week after week after week, and get on magnificent people such as the Scarred one himself, Ridvan, who is joining us. If you want to get involved with that or you want to get the part two, which will be a um, Q&A with our wonderful subscribers and patrons, in addition to a list archetype and meta breakdown for the Yanari, where they're strong, where they're weak, why they're good, why you should consider them, and what the core is of the competitive archetype, come over and jump and into the goodness of part two over on Patreon, which is Art of War Down Under. Just search it there or find us at theartofwar40k.com where you can purchase this podcast in addition to the War Room and the myriad of other amazing amazing stuff you can find over at art of war but jumping into this review my man um what were your when yanari first came out with this book it, it seems like forever ago in in the context of the matter but it's only, it was only a couple of months what were you what did you think of them um well well you can go back and listen to the original podcast that we uh, that we recorded to really see what we thought about it but uh paraphrase what we had said before it sort of like was i feel it was living in the shadow of uh harlequins to be honest and i think one of the things that we kind of discussed back then was how harlequins just did anything in re would do better and i think that was just kind of how we looked at it to be honest yeah uh, i looked at what they did well upon release you looked at you looked at harlequins and then you looked at Yanari, and then you looked back at Harlequins, and then you looked at Yanari, and you pretty much just said, never heard of you. Yin can who? Yin can't even make it to the list. Oh. Harlequins we go. But oh. First singer of the day. Let's line them up. Um, but yeah, really, even on the show that I, yeah, on them, I was just like, look, we're not going to bother reviewing Yanari, because frankly, I, I said on the show that they suck. And at the time, compared to the rest of the book, they did suck. But now they can do some pretty unique things. And with the meta shifts to, I'm just going to call it right now, very much a melee-based trading game, which used to be what the Dark Sadeth of Harlequins did before they killed it. Um, the Harlequins now, sorry, the Yanari now slots into that archetype for the Eldari quite snugly for a bunch of different reasons. Now, for those of you who um, are following along at home for this review, we're going to be starting this off on page 92. And this is where you'll find all the, the rules for the Yanari that tell you how to build and construct a detachment, how it works, and how you've got to weigh it up. Jumping straight in, uh, Skari, give us the TLDR of what is on this page, the restrictions therein um, for the list construction. Absolutely. So a craft world list has a couple of restrictions. You know, um, First and foremost, you can add Cabal, Drukhari units, Witch Cult, Drukhari units, Harlequin units, Incubi, and Scourge units into a basically a craft world detachment that is from the Inari. So it's, it's like a very... Literally, there's about four or five paragraphs of how to build a list that can be some of the most confusing 
sentences you've ever read in your life. <laughs> um, so take your time to kind of like break it down. Um, you For each unit that is not an Azuriani unit that you have put in a craft tool list, you must include one Azuriani unit with the same battlefield role. And any a Yanari detachment that includes any of the units, like Cabal, Witch, Cult, all that stuff, is considered to be an Azuriani detachment for all rule purposes, but the following rules will apply. So, how does that work? If I am taking a troop choice, if I'm taking troops, and I want to take a Cabal unit, uh, or a Witch Cult unit, if I take a Cabal unit, I have to make sure I take an like a ranger or guardian unit, for example, to offset that cabal unit. If I decide to take a harlequin unit and a cabal unit, then I have to take two Azuriani units, one for each. So it basically you have to like, you know, mix and match as much as you can. I found this a really weird way of doing this, of making it more craft world centric, Azuriani centric, over and above. Drakari centric. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would have been so much more elegant to be like for every, uh, almost like you know, disciples of Belicorius. I know that's yeah. that's the one we have to take one of every god. Um, where they could have just said, Correct. okay, if you, it's if you, similar. Yeah, it, like, it is. You can't like double up until you you can't take another one until you've taken at least one of everything. Basically, yeah. Right? I just I just yeah. wish it had the same weighting for Drakari units as it does for Assyriani. Correct. So the second thing is Harlequin Drukhari units lose their Sadath, their Cabal Witch Cult, the keyword, and gain the Inari keyword. Right? So they lose that keyword, they gain the Inari keyword, but they keep the Drukhari, they keep the, you know, the Harlequin keyword specifically. Um, and that Inari keyword counts as them being a craft world keyword because Inari is a craft world Correct. keyword. So that means they get their attribute, which becomes strength from death, which is, we'll get to in a second. Now, when you take Inari Psychers, they do not know any powers from the Runes of Fate discipline, and instead they will take their powers from the Revenant discipline. Um, and you can, I believe you can still take Runes of Battle as well. So you can take like the, the, the Runes of Battle discipline. Which is the one that the the warlocks use? As well. So that's your jinx. That's your quick and restrain, etc. Correct. But you don't get guide. You don't get executioner. You don't get doom or fortune or the will of Azurian. However, the revenant discipline has some quite some good powers. So we'll kind of go over those. Things. Yeah, mm. there, there's some decent stuff in there. And the runes of battle, you know, um, or the phantas the phantasmacy discipline. Right, so you've got the Harlequin ones. You guys, you still get Twilight Pathways, Fog of Dreams, Shards. You got Mirror of Minds, like the decent powers that you can from the from the Inari Psychers as well. Um, so next down on this, uh, so what is interesting here is you can't have pivotal roles, so you can't upgrade your Harlequins. You, no Lords of Comra either. Yeah, but you can have what? What's it called when you upgrade your um, auto, your not your Autark, the the sergeants in your your Assyriani units. You can have the exarchs like super exarch exarchs. powers. That's right. Yeah. You can have the exarch powers. So that is that is pretty good because I think when you weigh all those up, those are the best of the those three build well, the better a, a, options. A mirror swords banshee will kill more things than like Karandras sometimes. You yeah, know what I mean? Or like a crushing or a crushing blows like <laughs> striking scorpion exarch. Those those two little characters are some of the like the strongest unit champions I, in the game. Yes, I hear so they're good. pretty strong. <laughs> I yeah, hear they're stronger they're than most so HQs. Good. They kill so many things. Uh, in addition, you can't take a Phoenix Lord, you can't take 
Anathrain units. And Avatar of Cain. So no Corsairs. So and yeah. and that's that's one of the things that I always thought was really weird with the Inari yeah. is you can't take Corsairs. And it's, it's the Inari are literally like spacefaring pirates. It and seems, you can't take yeah. Corsairs. Yeah. It's like really weird. Bizarre. To me. Yeah, that, yeah, that one always seems really strange. I think I think it's probably in there just so you can't take the special character, right? The, okay. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, the the yellow guy, Prince Zero. Prince Zero, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I because I he's got the Android unit. I'm pretty sure it's just a way of saying don't take him in a way. But then you'd lose. You can't take any of the Corsairs. The Corsairs are so much fun. Ah, I wish you could. It's so cool if you could take those Corsairs. You know? Uh, yeah, and it, then it goes down to tell you about the transports. Asuriani can only get in Suriani transports despite it, and Drakari can only get in Raiders and Venoms, etc., etc. Yeah, um, so no Fire Dragons in, correct. Um, in, <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a Venom or something. Now, it's really important to note that when you're taking inari transports the whole you have to take uh eldar one to offset a normal exactly. one comes into play so if you take <sighs> a star weaver you right, have to or, take sorry, a, you have to take a wave serpent. a super expensive if, wave serpent yeah, yeah it's I, rough you know, i played a game recently you know i played a game with the inari i took the car and i did this I was playing against like a really shooty like uh, ultramarine list and i decided to take a star weaver and a raider i had to take two wave serpents because of it <laughs> You know? Wow! So, wow! Like, <laughs> it's like 300 points, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, like <laughs> over 300 points plus 100 points for Raider plus yeah. like almost 100 points. So I spent like 500 points on four models because I want to take a Raider. Freaking <laughs> yucks! So, you know, just just keep that in mind, okay? You know, it's yeah, it definitely. You you're not really gonna want to make it a full mechanized list, I don't think, or it'll be like just very expensive and cumbersome to do that. Agreed. Um, then we get to murderers and mercenaries. Now, this was one of the... Uh, I still don't understand this. I still don't understand why this is a thing. If you're playing in a match play game or your game uses a points limit, then the points values of Incubi and Scourges is inflated even more. You will pay an extra four freaking points per model for any Incubi and an extra two points per model for any Scourges. Uh, what what pisses me off here is that Incubi would genuinely be really good as Yunari. <laughs> yeah. So when I played, I did run a unit of 10 of these with the Vizark. How did you feel about paying another an extra 40 points? Uh, it was unit? terrible. It was, <laughs> but they they killed things dead. You know what I mean? Like, it was... They're still incubi. The fight first is pretty good. Access to the strats is okay. Like, we'll go over the strats. Like, they stack well, and they work well with a lot of the bonuses you can give them. But paying an extra four points... For just, an already expensive one wounded toughness three, three model, it just, just feels bad. Just why? right, yeah. yeah. That that They're, like you of, might as well just take banshees. Like banshees are just well, exactly. Times better. It pretty much just says this line. Yeah, it just says if you're playing a match play game, do not take Unari Incubi or Unari Scourges. Is, is what I read here. That's what that that's and what that the, paragraph just said. That's them still paying <laughs> for the sins of old. Like yeah. that's just I don't know. There's, there was there's probably. One of the players in the Games Workshop development like studio that somebody just bad touched him with some Inari Incubi one time, yeah. and he was like, "That shouldn't be never possible. again. That is not fun. <laughs> I am gonna make someone pay for this if they want to do it." You know? Yeah. Um, next up is the actual Yanari attribute strength from death. This has taken many iterations over the years. This one reads as thus: two dot points. First of which, 
At the start of the fight phase, if a unit is with this attribute is within engagement range of any enemy units, it can fight first that phase. Very powerful. We know from Empress Children shenanigans over the years that is extremely powerful. Second dot point. Yep. Each time an attack is made by a model with this attribute, if the model's unit is below starting strength, add one to that attack's hit roll. That is a thing that I have never heard of or seen really rock up to the dance um, because the way uh, the way this army usually plays is that it spams yep. five mans. Five mans with toughness three. Don't yeah, usually that get is very two- true. Don't usually like if, get to two guys and get to swing back, is, is the way I say it. Sorry, I, no, it's not just in close combat, right? Yep, correct. So, you know, that works really well. If you did want to do some sort of, like, mechanized Inari stuff, Dire Avengers works very well with this, especially if they're in a Way Serpent that gets destroyed, and you pop them out, and they lose one or two models on the disembark, and then they get plus one to hit in shooting and in combat, and they can shoot twice now because of their double you know avenging strikes or whatever like it is situational it's very similar to um power from pain right where like power from pain just get plus one to hit you know starting on turn three but in this case it's did i lose a model on overwatch did you know i i take a casualty from like a previous engagement you know and considering that you can like heal models or bring models back to life and things like that like i have seen the value in it um but it is, and it's nice. It's a nice to have, but I haven't seen. I, I, the fight first is definitely the most impactful part. Yes, yeah. the fight first is literally what what you're here for. And I mean, I guess a lot of people say the same thing about the Blood Angels in Assault Doctrine. Like, you know, it's just a, it's just a kill more. Like, it's just a, a win more. Like, why does my ultra fighty, stompy, stabby unit need more attacks when it already overkills by like twenty percent? Um, but you know, when you when your Yanari banshee unit has lost a banshee the other banshee is now hit on twos they essentially make up for the loss of that banshee right they yeah, hit about exactly. the same with with four yep. as they do with five um so that is nice what's the warlord trait so the warlord trait's called warden of souls so at the start of the command phase the warlord will gain at the start of your personal command phase the warlord will regain a lost wound and when this warlord is selected to fight if any enemy units with an engagement range of the warlord are below starting strength until the end of the phase, you get plus one strength and attacks for the Warlord. It's not terrible for what it is, but how do you feel about it? Uh, man, now that you have to pay for Warlord mm-hmm. traits, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where it's like, is it worth paying for? Yeah, I don't think so. No, it's... And then again, we've been wrong before, right? <laughs> like, I mean, if we you... didn't even talk about Inari last time. That's so... right, that's right. Just I mean, saying. if you are taking, like, the Yin card or whatever, <laughs> is, is this the... So well, let me see if this is right. So if the Yin Khan, the Vizark, and Yvrain, do they have to take this? Walk into trait? a bar. Yeah, and walk into yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, it's not the bar you want. It's the bar you need. Um, there you go. Uh, <laughs> do they have to take this wall of trait? Uh, I believe one of them does. I think um, I think Yvrain does. Like, but you don't have to pay for it if you don't want to. You know what I mean? Like. You just, just if you don't want to warlord traits, don't pay for it. Yeah, and just how that goes. Yeah. Um, if anything, you can just make anybody your warlord that you want. Just Correct. don't make it. If don't make someone, or you can make someone your warlord to get like an ability on their data sheet that says, if they're your warlord, you get extra command points or whatever. Like say Trajan or I know the Dark Angels character guy with the little the little helmet. Um, Azar- Azrael 
the little go, the little you, grand you, master of my order correct. that's at the same model you, for time immemorial. You, yeah, <laughs> on a on a twenty five mil base, he still is or something. Anyway, is, yeah, whatever. Moving still on. A baller. Moving on. Still a ball. Yeah. Uh, the relic, uh, the lost shroud. Unari model only. Each time an attack is allocated to the bearer, subtract one from the damage characteristic of the attack to a minimum of one. If that attack has an unmodified damage characteristic of one, add one to any armor saving throws made for that attack. So plus one to armor against damage one minus one from all other damage instances damage profiles yeah so damage one is quite good um however because you know what i mean like it's not gonna save you yeah it's like it's not like it's is it worth paying for you know what i mean that's the thing is it's, it worth paying no. for or am i just taking like the am i just taking the little pistols of death you know like, <laughs> Colonel's like I'm, I'm gonna take yeah i think i'm taking the pistol of death because that's yes. just better. Yeah. You know? Well, so a question for you. Um, I mean, do, do you get? I mean, I, I, this this is me playing dumb a little bit just to promote the conversation. Do you get strands of fate? Do you get life and god dice? Do you get any of that stuff? Do you get uh, you know a you fake get dice? Your strands of fate. Uh, the Inari keyword is considered a replacement for the Craftle keyword, and the entire detachment is considered to be an Azuriani detachment. So you do get your strands of fate. That's um, a big deal. You don't get luck of the laughing god. You get strands of fate. So, but of course only units with the strands of fate ability will be able to take advantage of Correct. it right so you know you couldn't just like modify dice for drukari units or harlequin units yeah. or whatever you don't you, you don't you, have harlequin units auto making charges it would be, and stuff. so they are definitely pushing with the inari like to have a big core of craftworld stuff with like sprinkled in drukari and harlequins i think that's kind of the feel that they're going for i was i find that very strange um, do you know the? Oh, we'll talk. We'll talk about it in a minute after we've we've done the stratagem, which is inevitable fate, which is one CP. Use the stratagem when a Inari unit from your army is selected to shoot or fight until the end of the phase. Each time a model that unit makes an attack that targets a unit that was below half strength when the model's unit was selected to shoot or fight, uh, add one to the attack's wound roll. So if you've hit them hard, you for one CP you can hit them even more harder. Yeah, this is a like a mop-up strategy. It is, yeah. You know, it's a help you with the math, right? So, like, it's, okay, you've got a couple models left. I don't want to have to shoot more than these five Dire Avengers at them. Inevitable fate. Let's just kill them. Get them out of the way. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly how I read it as well. Um, it's a good strat, though, for when, when you need it, when you just need to guarantee you have very few assets left and you need them to lift yeah. for you. It's pretty good. And the fact that like, it's shooting or fighting... And if you're fighting, going into hordes and stuff too, like if you have brought a unit down from, you know, 20 down to 9 or whatever, or 30 down to 14, if you're running into a big unit of Hormigaunts or something else that you might be seeing in the in the, in the the thing, or you've brought down a unit of Scorpex down to like two Scorpex, and you're just like, I need to get them dead. And they're like, Whirling Blades. And you're like, oh, inevitable fate, you know? Yeah, exactly <laughs> like, right. You know, that sort of thing. So... So it's like a useful, it's useful. Like you will find a use for it. It's good to have in your back pocket. So one thing that, so the fluff for Yanari is pretty unique. I remember reading the Gathering Storm novels at the end of 7th edition and the transition to 8th. And isn't, so isn't um, Yvrain and the Vizark both Dark Kin? Aren't they both Dark Eldar? Or, well, from origin? In origin? They've been around for a long time, right? So the Vizark, you know, was like a, he was a, I believe he was an aspect warrior. Yeah, who like became an, an incubi. Orchark aspect warrior who then t- became like some sort of incubi. Like he's and, and you can see in the books you read, he's like very like haunted by his past. Like he just wants to murder everything. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like he literally like, you know, 
Like there's this little thing in the back of his head that tells him to just go kill stuff. Um, and then if rain was like a craft welder and then became a pirate and then became a witch, a right? witch yeah. in the arena for a while. So she's yeah. just walked all the paths and then got stabbed by, you know, spoiler alert. She got murdered by, by Lilith. Lilith yeah. Because she challenged Lilith in the arena. You don't do that. You just die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Punk ass. Punk ass you've rained trying to trying to go toe to toe with the one, the great one. I always I always imagine Lilith like pumping up the crowd like the rock. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it always struck me as weird that it would be a craft world replacement in this iteration. But hey, they might just be going through the cycle. Yeah, you know, I think the other one. option is to is to make them like a white dwarf. You know what I mean? Like like they did but before, the you know. Yeah. I think I think they were like, you know what? Let's just squeeze them into this book. Like that there's own I I actually like what they did. They put all three factions in the Eldar books. So it's just like it's simple, it's easy. They kind of like decluttered a couple of the books that were out in the meta. You kind of make it in one book. Yeah, and they're showing you already a bit... have like a million books you have to like own anyway to play this exactly. game. Exactly. So. And they're showing a bit more respect to the fact that a lot, of, so many people play the whole super faction now. Like if you're Correct. an Eldari player, you'll be playing all of these in, in addition to probably playing um, Drakari. You'll collect everything, right? Yeah. You just have all of yeah. them in your collection already. And yeah. Doing this is clever because you know when you're sitting on the dunny with your Eldari book next to you and you only play craft worlds and all of a sudden your eyes start drifting through some of the harlequin rules and you're like well i guess i'm you know dropping another thousand dollars on another army g-dub well played uh, we are next up uh is the stratagem section now there's only one unari specific stratagem right which is the one we just covered yep but there are some very relevant ones now i've given you purview to select five of the ones you think are most impactful to the unari conglomerate so now you're giving me five that i have to talk about eh? you don't have to talk you about had, five you hadn't you originally up, up said five. five up to I'm just five saying you just said take a look at yeah i was like okay i will yeah. sure absolutely 100 you can pick some and maybe i'll pick some absolutely and we'll get there. well look i do, let's let's get this out of the way first let's take away the ones that you're going to use regardless of what faction of eldar you play correct right you're always going to try and potentially use like fire and faith like at least once per game like it it's can win you games so now that it is only once per game <laughs> you get to use that one right uh i do think something like um the multifaceted mind is very very useful if you want to cast multiple powers right or yep. unparalleled mastery right so unparalleled mastery multifaceted mind especially with the the psychic trees and the traits or doing like uh you know a psychic action and then being able to do psychic power i think that's very very powerful for scoring points and being able to stay sort of like flexible in the middle of a game i think that's very useful as well and something that is important to note is that a lot of these like stratagems just say eldar azuriani harlequin or inari unit yeah. from your army right yeah which then, if that is the case, that also impacts like the drukari in an inari attachment you know what i mean because they get the inari keyword which is really useful and then anything that says Craftworld can also be used by Inari. So you still get access to things like Forewarned, for example, if you mm-hmm. want to like shoot a unit that comes in from Strategic Reserve or is set up on the table. Um, you know, you can also use like the Tears of Isha to like heal your stuff, right? Um, yeah, uh, Phantasm. I think that goes without saying. You don't really need to talk about it. Redeploy is incredibly powerful, so make sure you use that, please and thank you. So make sure your army has like at least two CP, right? Yep. To like get that started, and then you have all of the um, all of the like Harlequin 
specific stratagems which have a big well, impact as well the one i think jumped out to me as making the biggest impact i, I think dramatic entrance when your army has army wide's fight first that's the mm-hmm. one cp harlequin infantry unit um heroically intervenes yeah um a 16 one cp six inch heroic intervention uh with army wide's fights first is mm-hmm. um makes a mess of whatever plans your opponent thinks they're going to do in their in, with, with their charges i think it's an extremely good one to keep in mind Yep, definitely a good one to keep in mind. You know, and that's the thing is, you like getting access to all the Harlequin stuff is really useful because they're very technical. You know, being yeah. able to like, oh, somebody wants to fall back from combat. Well, I've got a Harlequin unit here. They're just gonna pile back into combat Grab and hold ya. you. You know, yeah. like you know, and then I get to fight first, right? Because like I'm gonna get you. You know, like there's nothing you can do about it. So that just adding Harlequins, I think, into your Inari list is probably the more powerful that's a powerful sort of like combo to do you know something like um you know blade storm right if you're going to be using a lot of blade stuff right yep and the thing is i don't think you need that many stratagems right like you're gonna use them you're gonna use a few key locations and moments but i think the power is going to be leveraging your psychic powers leveraging the fights first and then leveraging those phoenix that the um the exarchs exarchs yeah right because you don't need cp to really make them tick right they're like a you pay the points you get them going you have to just point them in the right direction and unleash them and then maybe use a couple of cp like i don't know or like strands of fate stuff to like make them really get going well perfect segue because i i do really think we could talk we could vaguely talk about another 10 stratagems or we could just move on to relevant stuff that we know is going to be impactful the revenant discipline uh this thing has been broke ass good very forgettable absolutely crap and now pretty reasonable i think i think this is one of the best bits about about being um Yanari and tells you a lot about how you should want to build and play the army first of these powers is gaze of Iniad, um or you need i don't, don't yeah. really whichever uh it's a witch fire the war charge value of six if manifest is select one enemy within 18 of the psyche and roll one d6 subtracting two from the result if this unit has a starting strength of one on a one or less that unit suffers one mortal wound on a two to five it suffers d3 mortal wounds and on a six it suffers d6 mortal wounds i do not respect many witch fires this one seems just like a nice targeted smite yeah targeted smite like they did kind of tone it down against single characters right Yep. you can't roll that six against a single character yeah. and you can fail so to do nothing right mm-hmm. however it is quite good i do like gaze of Iniad. being able to just go okay that unit takes d3 mortal wounds and yeah. a minimum of one yep right like even if you just need to take that last wound off of i don't know a uh, uh, a possessed or something and you're like the possessed has one wound left and you're like i need to guarantee like almost guarantee just kill it okay i'm yep. gonna you know shoot a gaze of Iniad at it i guaranteed at least once one um you know one, one death so, yeah boom you know what i mean yeah i agree I, I don't hate it i think it's fine yeah it's also goes off on a six and a lot of these powers are quite easy, easy. To, like there there's only one that's a seven the rest are all sixes so they are on, on average going to be cast and then if you use like strands of fate or whatever you know then well they that's just a auto cast that's an absolute right? thing though because all of the all of the good um craft world powers in the the runes of sorry the um in the fortune is it not fortune there's runes of fate runes of fate runes of battle yeah all all the runes of fate tree are all really highly priced 
they're all sevens pretty much all the good ones um, and so when you don't have the right fate dice i've seen people just lose a game because they're they they needed a doom and a jinx or one of the other they failed both or passed failed one the other one got denied and they've the pivotal shooting phase they needed to have is just dead so i think this is much more acceptable what's the next power so the next power is the storm of whispers so war charge value is six if manifested, roll 3d6 for each enemy unit with a 9. For each 4 plus, the enemy unit will suffer a mortal wound. I love this power. I, love I, was, it. Using this, I was using this power so much when I was playing with the Inari. Uh, namely because the Incarn, you want to get I, her like, yeah. up and yep. in. and She's got a giant base, so she can like, really project this storm of whispers she also has a flamer attack that hits everything within yeah. you know a I, radius of her base as well so you're playing in that way with the incarn i think and, i only like this on the incarn though like the incarn is the only correct. one i'd want to take this on she flies right she like the, the incarn flies up does you know, it whack a whole thing like you could kind of do it on i don't know a farseer on a bike or something like if you really wanted to, to like get in and kind of do a bunch of mortals but it just feels great on the incarn Agreed. And um, being able to hit everything within nine. This is a massive bubble. And it hits characters, it hits normal units, it hits units in line of sight, out Battle of line of sight, sight in yep. combat. It just hits everything. And, you know, if you, the amount of mortal wounds you will, like, rack up by the end of the game is, like, quite big if you use it well. Yeah, agreed. Um, next power is Word of the Phoenix. This was the previously most broken power in existence because it was literally it was kind of the first ever just uh, just act again power or, or yep. strat or anything gw ever put in the game it was in seventh edition you just did this and the unit soul burst and what that meant is that it just got to shoot fight or move um and it was broke so a blessing is was <laughs> word of the phoenix of warp charge value of six if manifested select one friendly yanari infantry unit excluding wraith constructs uh, within six of this cycle, one of that d unit's destroyed models or D3 destroyed models, if it has a truth battlefield role, can be added back to that unit with the full moons remaining. Uh, these models can only be set up within engagement range of any models that are already within engagement range of the unit they are being added to. What I like about this is that you can res your juiced up um, Exarchs who have more mm -hmm. wounds, who have mm -hmm. can have better saves and, and blah 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 and da, 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 da. and so they can make the unit harder to kill and then you res them back and stuff like that. Um, so I do like Word of the Phoenix. I don't think it's ubiquitous and needs to be taken in every in everyone. But if you if you're taking Yunari, you, you're taking combat units. So I think it, it holds weight. I think it does. You know, it's it's good. It it is like a lot of the times it is more situational. You know, than than you might think because of the fact that usually play they play to just wipe out a unit you know what i mean like you're you're trying to do the traits so you're trying to go i'm just going to kill this unit so you do everything you can to just remove a unit completely so um it, but in those instances where you're like okay i'm gonna just take wounds on all this exarch and this exarch like dies and i have one striking scorpion left or you know one banshee left and now it's my turn and you go okay now i'm gonna bring that 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 exarch back you know that sort mm. of thing yep. then in that case it is really useful um it's not as useful into like it, sadly it's not you can't use it on your wraith constructs anymore because bringing back wraith blades would be really fun yes you know what i mean but you know yeah okay they kind of <laughs> that was one so okay you can't do that anymore fair enough and uh, it's only infantry units so you can't bring back like birds or anything like that like if you're playing with uh the uh the beast packs or whatever 
Okay, cool. I like it. It's good. It's a value of six. Is that worth a Exarch that'll kill a whole unit? I think so. Absolutely. You know? But it is definitely situational. Well, it's the most range. Of the time, that, unit will just be dead. It's the range that holds me back on it, right? It's, yeah, but you can like move into range. Like yeah. the psychic phase is like after you move, and then you just get yourself in range. I always feel like this one wants to be on a shadow seer, um, or on a on a sky runner. <laughs> it needs to be on something that's quick enough to go and get run next to where the action is. Um, all right, uh, what's the next one? So the next one is called Unbind Souls. Uh, it's a malediction, war charge value of six. If you manifest it, you can select an enemy unit within eighteen of the psyker. And each time an Inari model from your army makes a melee attack against the target, an unmodified hit for six will automatically wound the target. So you get, like, essentially Bladestorm or whatever um, Shuriken Death in close combat yeah, against the unit. Don't hate it. I don't, yeah, I don't think I'm, okay. in, I'm not in love with it. I think if you want to kill something, you can You can just probably just go you and You know what it. would work really well with this? If you had reroll hit rolls. Yeah. Do you, you know what I mean? Like, if you could guide something, this would be fantastic. Oh, but you can't. Correct. Sorry. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't doesn't even give out Chapter Master, does she? Um, she only gives real yeah, ones for her, right? Jinkan, she does. She's not like Gilliman or <clears throat> no, or no, they don't. They don't do that. Yeah, no. The the only one that does is I think the Vizark gets reroll ones once to hit in combat. Yeah. You know, so if you had like Incubi, sure, you know, whatever. But then again, you don't really need that because who's taking Incubi? Exactly. You're yeah. just not taking them. Didn't you remember yeah. that paragraph? It says you don't take Incubi. Don't take um, Incubi. Plus four <laughs> points. Yeah. Uh, next up is Shield of uh, You Need. Uh, this I think is the best power. Um, it has a warp charge value of six. If manifested, select one friendly Inari unit, excluding Titanic units within twelve of the Psyker. To start the next Psyche phase, the unit gets a four plus invulnerable save. This is Sanctuary from Grey Knights, um, and it is extremely good. Four up invuln, just blanket, very powerful. This is a great one. You know, it's especially like it doesn't work as much like on the um, on like the aspect warriors because they already have like an invulnerable save or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But well, it does. It gives them a better invulnerable save. Okay. You granted, but if you put it on anything else, like Incubi with a four bimble save, okay, I could see that. <laughs> but for four incubi. extra points, you know, maybe not. <laughs> Back um, to the Incubi, I you, love it. <laughs> uh, but you could go ahead and put it on like a big unit of Guardians, for example, and do the yeah. whole four bimble save on the Guardians again, right? Yeah. Um, and and just do a bunch of uh, just put them on an objective or a big unit of um uh of like jet bikes. Right, like if you put a big unit of guardian jetpacks, mm-hmm. give them a four up involve. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden they're like they're almost like guy weavers, you know. But yes. you can, you know what I mean. So they've got they've got a lot of use out of that power. I think it's it can be quite handy, especially combined with like a lightning fast reactions and yeah. or like flying them around, like making it hard for you to deal with it. Have a little bit of a tarpet unit. It is a good utilitarian power. So it defense power like that's well, always useful. You got the last one, and this is the B. This is the big power one. This is the the potency increaser. Tell us about it. Okay, so ancestors' grace. Um, it's a blessing. Warp charge value of seven. It's like the only one that's the harder to cast. If manifested, select a friendly Inari unit within eighteen of the psyker. Until the next psychic phase, each time a model makes a melee attack, you get plus one to wound. Oof. Spicy. Oof, oof, oof. That's really good on like banshees and stuff. It's got all the right T's and C's. Apart from the seven to cast, if this was a six, it'd be broke. As a seven, it's fair enough. You need to have um, your fate dice handy. This is the one you save the fate dice for. You don't need line of sight. You can cast it from eighteen away. Extremely good. Um, plus one to wound. 
um, in melee means, I mean, Banshees already have plus one to wound, yeah? On the charge? They do, yeah. Yeah, so this makes your Scorps pop off pretty hard. This makes your Witches pop off really hard. A um, bunch of other little bits and pieces. Um, yeah, dude, 10 Harlequin Troop adore this. My God, it's so good for them. I uh, 10 Harlequins really love this, especially with their blades and stuff, or even if you have all the combat weapons on them or whatever. You know what I mean? Still good. So, yeah. Yeah. I am. Yeah, it's a an fan. exciting time. Uh, but once again, if it's a seven, if you don't have a fate dice for it, it you're in, you're setting up a failure, setting yourself up a failure, because you will just you will just dud it, go in and bounce off somebody's Deathwing Terminators and lose a game. But anyway, moving on, we have three data sheets to discuss, to unpack, three bespoke little beauties. The first of which I believe is Yvrain. Yes. Yes. So looking at Yvrain, the Cat Lady. So you know we call her that because she has a cat. Um, but she, okay, she changed a little bit from before, if you remember what she was. But let's talk about what she does right now. She's five wounds, toughness three, she moves eight. She has an ob- weird shaped oblong base, She, um, which is good for like movement blocking and some movement stuff you can kind of do with it. Um, she does have a good sword, plus one strength, minus three AP, two damage. Yep. And an unmodified hit roll of a six um, does two mortal wounds instead of normal damage, basically. So decent sword. Not terrible. Not terrible. Has battle focus, strands of fate, has a four up involve save, and a transhuman. So you can't, like, she's just built in transhuman. Yeah. Toughness, doesn't, toughness even, doesn't matter. Correct. So you can only ever wound her on fours, which does keep her alive a lot longer. And um, she still has the ability to heal up. Um, is it heal up? No, it's, yeah. So yeah. every time an Eldari model within six inches dies, this is friend or foe, on a four plus, uh, you regain a lost wound. If it was a Psyker model, you can select a Psychic power from the Revenant Discipline, and she learns a new power. She basically. picks up a new, another power. Correct. Yeah, it's She does know two wild. powers. Uh, she knows two powers and can manifest two powers and deny two powers. Yep, and she rerolls her casts. Correct. She can reroll Psychic Tests. So she can't reroll like denies, but she can reroll Psychic Tests. She's overall a great utilitarian piece. Like, she's in Psyker okay close combat i think the transhuman makes her more durable than you'd like to admit and i've had that regeneration thing come up quite a bit actually it's not bracketed like she's got uh it it doesn't say she can only regain one two or three or four she can go from one wound remaining to five in in a single turn Um, it's actually quite a big deal and having a four plus invulnerable save with transhuman so you have to go through a four to wound no matter what and a four up invulnerable save almost no matter what unless you're dealing mortals um or have some other rule makes her quietly durable yeah i like it i think she's really good uh, you, you know like she's she's not bad she's what 135 points or something i've got like her as 140 but i may be wrong yeah. it may not be chapter approved yeah that's in the in the book i i don't know if they went down i think they stayed about the same but she's about 140, yeah, 130, yeah. 140 points. Like, she's she's decently priced for what you get. She's no Farseer, but that reroll to cost, like, comes deal. in handy, especially yeah. when you don't have that Strands of Fate. Or she can be, like, you know, kind of like a, she fits that role of, a, of a, you know, of, a, of, of like an Armon that's, like, mm. there to, like, buff all your thousands. Yeah. Like, she can just have all the buff powers that you kind of need to go off uh, every turn to, like, you know, bring back a model or give a four up invulnerable save or give the plus one to wound because that one's a harder to cast. Yeah. Right. And she can be the one that's designed to kind of do that. Exactly right. All right. Next one down is the Vizark. This guy, at the, at the moment, as far as I can tell, will run you 100 points. 
Uh, movement 8, weapon skill, blitz skill 2+, plus, strength and toughness 3, 6 wounds, 5 attacks, a, and a very, very rare 2-plus armor save. Um, in fact, that's that's just Phoenix Lords. Actually, it, yeah, there are Phoenix Lords with 2 up armor, yeah? I can't think uh, of one. Yep, yeah, there are Phoenix Lords. However, uh, are you talking about the 8th Divisarch right now? Yeah. Um, yeah. In combat, he will be hitting you at strength 5, minus 4, 2 damage. And each time an attack is made with this weapon, on a wound roll of 4+, plus, invulnerable saving throws cannot be made against it. Um, battle, battle focus and strands of fate. Standing 4+, plus invulnerable save. Um, each time another Eldari model within 6 is destroyed, this guy can also regain wounds. If it is a character, um, it will also add 1 to this model's attacks characteristic. So every time a model within within six dies as a character, so that's actually pretty cool. Um, it has a Captain's Aura of Yunari Core within six that we all wants to hit. And then this is uh, a very cool uh, bodyguard mechanic called Warden of Yvrain. If your army is battleforged, if a detachment in your army can, includes Yvrain model, this model can be included without taking up any battlefield slots. While Yvrain is within three of this model, Yvrain cannot be targeted, um, selected as a target for any ranged attacks. Um, this I have I, I both like and dislike the Incarn. I love the model. I just don't think he's killy enough for what he's supposed to be. Yeah, like he's okay. You know, like he's one he's much better than he was. Correct. That I mean, is true. like, he's definitely much better than he was. He he still kinda like takes a sidestep to like the Incarn or to even like a Killy Archon or you know, I, I, was, like, I was about to say, that's the, that should be the comparison. He should be like as good as a Huskblade Archon. But he's nowhere near. Well, you can't really, you can't take a Huskblade in in Ari because you but don't have access to the Drukari like relics and stuff. That's why I want this guy to be that good because I don't get to yeah, take that, that guy. Yeah, that makes sense. He's not yeah. like seven wound, like three damage. You know, yeah. like the no Marvel saves is quite good, but a lot of the times you're going to be doing more damage with like a Farseer that does mortal wounds than the Vizark, right? So you want to take the Farseer that does mortal wounds over him. Correct. And then the Incarn can go and punch things like that. That yeah. one, the Incarn just ignores involves all the time, and, and just goes yeah. and punches. And please don't think I'm overly hating on the Vizark, but for a hundred points for a model who doesn't have a gun, isn't a psyker, literally is only there for combat ability and a slight aura buff. Um, you just take a troop master. <laughs> you know, that's pretty much the way I think about it in this army. Yeah, just like I yeah, could take master or shadow seer. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I could take this guy. or just just take a troop master. I mean, you pick any um, exarch, you know, re- relevant exarch, and you can make them killier than the visarch for a fraction of the cost. And, and that's exactly. my that's my problem with him. I, I want him to be better. He deserves to be better. All right, last one is yours, the big bad himself, herself. Ooh, the incarn. Excellent. Uh, HQ slot, which means that, you know, it doesn't have to go into like a Supreme Command or anything, which is cool, is like the avatar of, uh, the avatar of, uh, the God of Death. Yeah. So, Brackets, you know, has 12 wounds in total, so can be targeted now. I think that's one of the biggest changes. Yeah. Is you can't just like screen it. However, it can be hidden behind obscuring terrain. And the key to the Incarn is using the bounce back and forth mechanic. Right, which we'll we'll touch on in a second, but it is movement ten uh, and flies weapon skill blitz skill two that doesn't change strength goes from seven six to five then toughness is seven across the board wounds you have twelve wounds to start attacks go six five four so that's the only thing that brackets leisure ten with a three plus armor save the incarn has a sword has a shooting attack that's like a super flamer 
And then, of course, is a Psyker that can actually cast and deny two powers. I think yeah. it used to only be one. It's legit. Yeah. Uh, it knows Smite and knows all of the powers from the Revenant Discipline. So it is a lore master. Oof. So it just Oof. knows all the powers and can mm-hmm. cast two of them. I, I think that it. is phenomenal. Being able to just like pick and choose which one you need at the time is really, really powerful. Which ones you need? Ow! <laughs> <laughs> Especially with that hair. With that hair... Yeah. Like, I think that that works great. So Swirling Soul Energy is a 6-inch ranged attack that's Assault D6. Each time this attack is made, uh, it automatically hits. So it's a Flamer that's Strength 7, AP 2, 1 damage. And it has a special rule called Swirling Energies, which in your shooting phase, every time you shoot with the Swirling Soul Energy, you target and resolve attacks against every eligible enemy unit correct and every time it fires overwatch it only attacks the unit that is charged that is charging it but as a monster means you can shoot the soul energy in combat as well yep so it's going to hit everything within six inches with d6 strength 7 ap2 hits (laughs) which is really cool i think it's amazing it's great it's really awesome and then you have vilith czar the sword of souls so it's a attack with two different profiles. You have the Piercing Strike, which is a melee attack, plus four strength, so it becomes strength 11. 11. Uh, AP minus four. D3 plus three damage. So it's a, basically a Dark Lance. And each time an attack is made with this weapon, you cannot take invulnerable saving throws. So good. Uh, so good. It's fantastic. And then Sweeping Blow is a melee attack strength user. AP four still, so really good AP. Only one damage, and you do two hit rolls instead of one. So you can do 12 AP4 one damage attacks, hitting on twos, wounding on well, strength seven, or six strength 11 attacks, which are ignorable saves and are like last cannons. So fair to say, for the one, in the one damage sweep attack bracket, hers are pretty much the best in the game. AP4, AP4 on a is sweep fantastic. Attack, is yeah. unheard of. In is yeah. almost unheard of. You just never get mm-hmm. it. Um, damage yeah. one, so be it. Twelve, twelve freaking attacks. Damage, it's fine. If it was damage two, it would be broke. You'd never, you'd never use the others. You'd never use the other swing. Um, but yeah, very good, phenomenally good in melee. Um, has a, a four plus invulnerable save, and the way it gets around having twelve wounds and being targetable is it has a half damage rounding up. So four up invuln, shot it with a six damage weapon, it goes down to three. So much the better. Yep. Uh, so half damage is pretty good. It does have the uh, Inari core units within 12. It used to make things fearless. Now it just makes people ignore attrition eh. modifiers. Eh. So, eh, eh. sure. Eh, it's okay. It's trash. Like, I feel like morale <laughs> needs a bit of a of a reboot in terms of mechanic change. It just doesn't. It still doesn't matter. They tried to tell us in 9th edition they made it so it would matter, and it's, it doesn't matter. It, it's yeah, like every a, once in a while, you'll get like a, a you know, you'll kill a couple of buggies and the last buggy well, will run away or something. It's either, you know? that's exactly right. It's either a non event or a, a, a horrible field bat because somebody <laughs> rolled true. a one on a freaking custody jet bike in the five <laughs> yeah. or some crazy ass crap. I don't think they can. They're leadership 11. But you get the idea. Something crazy yeah, like that. An exactly aberration right. of dice happens and it swings a game. So, or, or it doesn't affect anything at all and can almost be forgotten. Um, then you have uh, the Swirling Energies, which I talked about. And then, okay, so the thing that makes the Incarn unique is the inevitable death. One of the coolest mechanics ever in the history of 40 Correct. 
So during deployment, you can set this model up in waiting instead of putting it on the battlefield. Essentially, it's sort of like a deep strike, right? However, when you do so, when another unit is destroyed before removing the last model in the unit, you can set this model up within one inch of the last model in the unit. If this model is on the battlefield, then another when another unit is destroyed, before removing the last model, you can remove this model from the battlefield and set it up again within one inch of the model that's just about to be removed. When this model is set up in either of these ways, you cannot be in engagement range, and until the end of the turn, you're not eligible to declare a charge or perform a heroic intervention. Now, this is any time any unit dies. Mm-hmm. Which, if you don't understand it, right? Like, if you get to the table and are a little confused, the incarnate is going to jump around and bounce around the table like nobody's business, and you're yes. going to get frustrated to no end. She will the do you harm, of- like, psychologically. Sure. <laughs> now, this means that she can come in onto the table on the first battle round yep. from sort of like a reserve position. She's not in strategic reserves. She's not in deep strike. She's just off the table, and as soon as something dies, she can come on the table, right? Um which is crazy awesome. And I love it. It's one of my favorite mechanics. You know, it's one of the reasons why you have, like, even having all these small units of Inari works very well with the Incarn, because as soon as a small unit dies, like, that could be now where an Incarn is. You know what I mean? Like, you yep. better have planned to have something else shoot in case the Incarn shows up there or be in, you know, combat or whatever. And even though you can target the Incarn with shooting, if you mess up your target priority and shoot on another side of the table and kill something you know you're like setting up you're like i'm gonna hit this incarn with four melter guns it's gonna be great and then you decide to shoot that last cannon at my at my like star weaver and my star weaver dies on the other side of the table and i bounce my incarn to where the star weaver was and now your melter guns can't shoot my incarn mm-hmm. you know it can you can like mess yourself up if you're not there careful. is so many five head brain savant plays 3d chess crazy ass crap mm-hmm. that this model just straight up unlocks and yep. for, for till the end of time people have been thinking about ways to break this model i'm gonna not try and break the fact that the two the two the two inch coherency inside buildings with this model i feel like there's some crap there i could figure out if i sat down with this book for long enough i know when you didn't have to roll for horizontal distances with charges you could get an auto charge um from uh the whack-a-mole thing because you would just uh spawn on top of somebody and then auto charge down a building (laughs) with the yidkan because it was a zero inch charge back in the day uh yeah that kind of nutty stuff would occur or you would spawn underneath somebody and then have an auto charge into um or back in the day you could still heroically intervene off this you know back in last edition you could heroically intervene off the whack-a-mole and um they, until they ruled otherwise there was a lot of people like spawning and then heroic into combat um so this is it's cool this is the cleanest they've got this mechanic and it's still freaking amazing you're gonna as a as a yunari player if you play yunari and play this model actually playing yunari you should play this model uh <laughs> you're gonna love it you're gonna really enjoy it i think the, the the best comparison i can have for people in their brains is there's two models that do something similar there's mr worldwide which is the alaris shield captain from custodes who once per yeah. game gets to beam wherever they want across the table and there's also is it the sigil of exigence um which which usually goes on a nemesis dreadnought grandmaster and gray nines and when they're targeted they bounce out once per game think about that but when stuff dies 
all the time, <laughs> as in yep. every turn of the game. Yeah, which is great because you can kind of like we're talking about that psychic power that's the aura. We're talking about that uh, the flamer that's like hits everything in range. Like you can put some like I don't know a unit of three reaver jet bikes or whatever in a terrible position towards the middle of your enemy's army. Your opponent kills them or whatever. You can bounce the incarn over, then she can fly to where you need to go and like, you know, shoot and charge, like yep. shoot and do a psychic yep. power or whatever. And now it's in the middle of the opponent's army on the other side of the table, like near their objective. And then you can charge in with her in your turn, not your opponent's turn, right? Yep. So you charge in with her, fight with the incarn first, then have your banshees that made something fight lost fight on the other side of the table and kill something and then bounce your incarn away back to mm -hmm. where the, the banshees were so that it's safe again oh there's just i love i love the shenanigans you can pull the, with the incarn the play the playbook is limitless but anyway that's actually all the rules for yanari that's that's it that's the whole thing we waffled extra 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 on, on some of these bits and pieces because there isn't a huge amount to talk about but the fact is the inari is very deep in the shenanigans and the mechanics that they have available to them they're not straight line powerful i think they do need very specific builds which oh what a coincidence we're going to go over to part two and talk about some of those builds uh we've also got a good a lovely amount of questions by our listeners and patrons but before we wrap up we have two things we always do when we have, we have reviewed um some content we have to give it a rating out of 10 and then rank it on the s to sorry the c to s uh competitive faction ladder scale uh, yep. so mate for the eldari players out there in the meta right now out of 10 how good are the, is the inari rule set for them uh seven seven out of ten i look i the reason i'm giving a seven and you know we've been hyping it up is because even though it has some really good mechanics it still requires an incredible amount of player skill to kind of like get that like eight or nine out of ten score yeah right like it's it's not a you you have if you can leverage all the cool eldar stuff sure but it's definitely not as I want to say straightforward as like a Hail of Doom Eldar list. Yeah, you know nowhere mean? near. Correct. The the more technical aspects of the close combat phase, pylons, consolidates, fighting, like order of activations, getting fight lost in the right location, you know, that sort of like nuanced part of the game will kind of crank this up to like an eight or nine, but it's not an eight or nine unless you really understand how to use those combat mechanics. We all know how win big lose big hard to logistically plan and play out a lot of harlequin trading armies are and have always been because they, they live and die by your by your decision making pretty much and your yeah. ability to roll four pluses like if you roll 75 percent four pluses you know five games out of five cool you congratulations you probably won five out of five games uh these guys don't have that luxury they literally, you need to be straight up and down, doing everything perfectly, or the whole house of cards comes down immediately. I'm going to be a little more harsh than you. I'm going to go for a 5 out of 10. I think this is a pass, um, but not much more than a pass. And this has been in comparison to what they've had previously and upon where they sit in the kind of a gamut of other Eldari archetypes. I think they're sitting on parity as an equally good choice to other mono Harlequin builds. I do think they're sitting a little, a rung or two down from some of the other craft world builds out there um as it's right now where would you put um where would you put a yanari on the the power rankings from you know c c tier um b tier a tier s tier um i think they're they're like a high b yep I, my, I agree. you know totally I, agree. I, I yeah i don't think they're 
don't think like AA because of the fact that there's that skill gap, right? They're definitely not sisters of battle. You know what I mean? They're not Necrons, <laughs> you know, at yeah. least right now. But they do leverage the power of the Eldar, right? So you leverage the power of the Eldar with some like different mechanics that you get to play with. So definitely up there, but not like needs some skill to be A tier, if that makes sense. Totally agree. I think um that yeah, mid mid to high B, right place, right time, right player, like right list can go all the way, but you do need to put the work in. On that note, Agreed. mate, we will wrap this bad boy up. We will go over and record part two. We're going to answer, oh, geez, I think we got about, about 10 listener questions, and then we're going to talk about some competitive archetypes. What is the core of the competitive list? Uh, talk about some stuff that's already doing well on the Unari side of things, where they're strong, where they're weak, and some of their better matchups, why you might want to play them, or why you might be Unari curious. Uh, in any event, thank you very much for coming on, brother. Please go, and check out, please go and check out the Dark Kin over on Scardcast. It was some of the very first battle reports I ever watched, um, ever, mate, were some of yours. So thank you very much for all you've done and continue to do for the community. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I, uh, yeah, I love the feedback and I'll be keeping, I'll, I'll do this until I drop dead. Or, you know, I kind of, you know, or the game <laughs> dies and nobody wants to, like, support me anymore. <laughs> but, uh, that's not not going nowhere. So, yeah, thanks a lot. Really appreciate having me on. Beautiful. Come and uh, join us over on part two. See you there. Take care. Good night. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under, a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow.